Welcome to the All Souls Episcopal Parish in Berkeley's Sermon Podcast. This week we hear from the Reverend Phil Brochard as he preaches from the lectionary, which this week was Luke chapter 21, 25 to 36. As always, you can find more information about All Souls or more sermons on our homepage, allsoulsparish.org. Hope to see you around sometime. said that history does not repeat itself, but it does rhyme. If you're looking at your bulletin, you may notice that I am not the Reverend Maggie Foote. <laughs> Even if you're not looking at your bulletin, I'm probably gonna, you're probably going to notice I'm not Maggie. On uh, Wednesday, uh, Wednesday afternoon, Maggie sent me a text that her wife Andrea was being induced, and on Thursday night, a healthy baby boy named McEwen Spencer Flood, or excuse me, Flood, Foot, uh, known to his friends as Mac, was born. Yeah. Now, this is uh, pretty incredible news, uh, and it's with fierce pride and joy that we are welcoming Mac into this world. And uh, the rhyming part of this story is that exactly 17 years ago, I placed a phone call to my boss on Saturday night. No, Saturday morning. It was Saturday morning. Uh, the day before Advent began, a couple days after Thanksgiving, I told him I was, uh, well, I was probably going to preach the Saturday evening service, which I did, but that he was likely going to have to preach the next day the first Sunday of Advent, that I, the associate rector, had been scheduled to preach because my wife was in labor. So, turnabout is fair play. (laughs) And uh, Bob Reynolds, I hope that as you take this in from the eternal now, that you're having a chuckle. So, for a few reasons, the last few days, I have been remembering. I've been remembering as best as I can the days and the hours and the minutes that led up to the birth of our son, Ben, 17 years ago today, right about now. And what I remember... um, are the feelings of anticipation and of apprehension. Were we ready? What was this going to be like? And we thought that the birth was going to go relatively quickly uh, because when we got to Kaiser late that Saturday night, uh, Sarah was pretty far along. But Ben had other plans. And midnight turned into 2 a.m., which then turned into 4 a.m., which then turned into 6 a.m. and 8 a.m., and there was still no child. Now, I don't know what it's like to give birth to a baby. It looks painful and exhausting and utterly amazing. But I can say that watching your beloved endure the difficulty and pain of labor is its own challenge. 
Because as much as you pray and offer ice chips and encourage and breathe together, it's entirely out of your hands. And you're not sure what's going to happen next. For us, it turned out that it was not a straightforward birth. And so as the night deepened and that initial rush of adrenaline wore off, I began to experience feelings of foreboding and really of fear. Because while intellectually I understood that life emerges from chaos, when you're in the middle of chaos and everything feels out of your control, it can feel very, very frightening. And this feeling of being afraid, of feeling unsure, of being confused, this is actually a familiar theme in our biblical stories especially the stories we tell right now at this time of year. You see, every year we begin our journey to the mystery of God with us by hearing about the end of all things. Right? That's how it felt to those who were living through them. Scholars are fairly certain that the, the scenes that we heard described in our gospel this morning and the verses that precede them are referring to the Roman Empire's devastation of Jerusalem in the year 70 CE. After decades of armed rebellions, the Roman overseers had had enough. And so they brought the force of the Roman Empire onto Jerusalem, they besieged it. And then, when they finally broke in, they massacred many of the inhabitants and also completely, utterly leveled, destroyed the temple, the space that had been the most sacred site in Judaism up to that point. And so it's with that scene, with that experience on their hearts and minds that the early Christian community reflected on the words of Christ, which we heard this morning, about everything around them coming to an end. And as painful and as traumatic as those days were with the destruction of the temple in the year 70, it seems that was but one ending of the world. In a way, the world is always ending. Just ask the refugees of Afghanistan and of Ethiopia and of Myanmar. Or ask the family that is reeling from the death of their brother. Or the resident of the Friends on Wheels community on 8th and Harrison who's threatened with the towing away of their home. You see, the, the last things that apocalyptic literature describes 
is both a description of a current reality being faced by the people of God and the promise of the presence of God within that chaos. I think the reason why we hear this text this morning is because even in the confusion and in the fear, we have been given a promise of the future of God that will always be breaking in. This realm that Jesus preaches about, this realm of restoration, of liberation, of wholeness. We've been given a promise of a life that even though we can just barely imagine it somehow in our bodies, we long for it with all our being. We've been given a promise that our redemption is drawing near, near enough to glimpse if we can stay awake long enough to see it. I think this is another critical question for that early Christian community is like, if it's so near, if this realm that we long for is right around the corner, why can we not see it? Why do we miss the signs of hope all around us? If the fig tree is budding, why don't we witness the realm among us? In a strange way, I actually take some comfort from the words of our gospel this morning because they feel true to the world we're in. And at least for me, the way I am experiencing it right now. Our gospel is telling us that the reason we don't see the realm is because often when we're faced with the weight of our worries, rather than share them together, we do our best to hide from them and from each other. And so what we do instead is we, uh, we numb ourselves because the weight is too great. We ensnare ourselves with uh, all the many things, with drugs and with food and with screens and with sports and with just stuff. In this country, we have so much stuff. And we use it to distract ourselves. And Jesus knows this. And is warning us, he's imploring us to wake up, to raise up our heads. To pay attention to the signs around us. Not to try and figure out the date on the calendar when he'll come. Remember in other parts of the Gospels, he says it will be like a thief in the night. No, to, to be ready for the reality of the realm of the beyond that we can see and know here in the present. But, but the thing is, I can't see the signs of the realm alone. I, I just don't know that you can see them all by yourself. 
That's why we're here this morning, because we need to guide each other to see these signs. It's why we have these, um, these collective circuit breakers that we call the season of Advent, so that together we can stop and we can pay attention for the mystery. I was reminded of this this past week as I read through our Advent devotional booklet that Annie Rouser and Maggie Foote put together. In it, you'll find practices and meditations to help you look for the leaves of the fig trees of your life, to look for sacrificial, unexpected love breaking through, to look for the truth that is setting people free, to look for a mercy that is opening hearts and restoring souls. I did not realize how much I needed this until I began to read it. Because friends, the realm is here to be known. But in order to see it together, we're going to need to wean ourselves from the things we use to distract and to numb. We'll need to be courageous enough to be still, even in the chaos and the pain, to be still and to pay attention to ourselves and to one another. And we'll need to trust that even in the pain and the confusion of the present, if we can raise up our heads, if we can trust enough to look together for signs, we will find beginnings in the midst of endings. We'll find the vision of what we most long for, the realm of God breaking in, a new life in the middle of it all. Thank you.